All right, guys, I got bad news for you. This one's a doozy. So, uh, you know, I hope you had uh, a light lunch, because when we walk into this crime scene, I ain't never seen anything like it. I got barbecue. Oh, I'm regretting God. it. Yeah, I, I went to an all-you-can-eat buffet, brisket. and I took their word for it. You fucking rookies, you don't you don't listen when we send out those bulletins. It's like, hey, you know, there's been a there's been a, a pretty gnarly case that came up today. Uh, why don't we just head into this apartment here, and I can uh, give you a look. See, we got the photographer over here. Uh, victim, cheese. what was that? I said, say cheese. You, cheese. Okay, maybe your stomach's gonna be fine because, like. You two are so desensitized, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you know, we had a big lunch. I'm feeling pretty good. All right. I, I, where, I, where's the perp? Where's well, the body? I, it, he's not the perp. He's the victim. Oh, sorry. So, uh, look. I, this. Look, I'm this, dumb. We're rookies. Yeah. <laughs> We're rookies. We're dumb. I, I'm just trying to get to the premise here, all right? So. Yeah, let's get to the premise. So, we got a, we got a kid. No, no more than three feet tall. Brains all over the ground. Uh, oh, it's God. uh, it's Christ. pretty rough. Uh, what you know, kind of God? What? Uh, I've been looking at this guy for uh, for a couple hours now, trying to figure out what happened. And uh, best I can tell, he uh, poor kid reached down to tie his shoes, and his brains just came out the top of his head. Let me get a look at this real quick. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. What a gruesome scene. It's just his white brain fluid slash eye fluid is just all over. Hang on. I was yeah. looking at my phone. Let me look. Oh. Okay. All right, guys. Okay. Just just take a moment here and, and gather yourself. Here's the things I don't understand about this scene and why it's an investigation. One. Uh-huh. How is a being survive for as many years as this guy obviously did without mm-hmm. his brains coming out the top of his head? Two, why has he got a straw in his head? Somebody gonna suck his brains out at some point in the future or in the past? Three, how come his eye juice and his brain juice are the same are the same liquid and why they're just free flowing? Four, how did he never tie his shoes before? Like, did he get born with shoes? Did he have somebody helping him out with these shoes? He has a cup for a head. Yeah, he's got a cup for a head. He's some sort of dish brain. <laughs> I tell you what, dish I Dish brain, that. I'll call him. Okay, yeah, write dish. that down. That's good. That's real good. Dish brain. All right, well, I'll cross out John Doe and I'll put dish brain. Okay, great. Uh, victim has no shirt, uh, but we've checked all the, the closets and there ain't no shirts in there, so maybe he just never wore any, wear any shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah. any additional comments here on this scene, or are we are we has this premise exhausted itself? <laughs> I feel uh, I feel properly exhausted. <laughs> I think this is. I think we're good. I'm hungry. I think again. we can close up shop. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm hungry right. again too. All right, you know what? Why don't we go get some some lunch? Sparrow? What? Yeah. Want to sparrow? Let's do some sparrow. Uh, it sounds great. You know, I've been a detective in New York City for seventy-one years now, and. uh uh, you two show the most promise of any two detectives I ever I ever met. Yeah, we have no yeah, further questions old. about what we just saw. We're just like, all right, very cut and dry. Let's let's. I guess that's case closed. It's kind of we got we we're like we're dumb. Like the two of us are dumb. 
Uh, our supervisor is extremely old. That could have been a thing we ran with. But really, just overwhelmed by the fact that this this uh, dish brain character had its fluid licking all over the floor. Yeah, and they wanted to fund us. And they wanted to fund us. Good luck. We talk games based off cartoons and cartoons based off games. And the game was better. The Cuphead Show. This week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played! I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nicholas Weiger. Oh, how about that? My full name, Nicholas Frank Weiger, is me, along with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played! Wow. <laughs> We I have a, little, a Saturday morning cartoon energy today. Oh, I love yeah. it. Great for great for this topic. Great for this guest. And and before we introduce him, Matt, some earth shattering news in your world. Earth shattering. Over, over this past week, the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4. What'd you think of that trailer? <laughs> well, what was that? <laughs> Su- was that Sunday morning? Sunday morning. I'm waking up. I'm minding my own business. Okay. Sure. I'm thinking, got to get ready to go to church. Course. Say, hello to my, say hello to my man, JC. Uh, and, you know, I checked my phone. Oops, did a sin. Uh, By the way, I, yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope he's in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Just I hope, God? I hope that Jesus, like you, that one, one of, of the, the world's, world's is Bible. Is, is Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in, yeah. I, but you know what? What's crazy about it is the first thing that I saw was Heather's tweet. That simply said, Apodaca is going to be so excited when he wakes up. And somehow I knew what it was before I had seen it even. I didn't even know. I hadn't known. But as soon as I saw that, I knew that it was something with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I just knew that that's what it was. And so then I, I searched Kingdom Hearts uh, in Google. I see the trailer. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't even, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Which is my response to all of it. Um, sure. Because as you may recall, I um, I love Kingdom Hearts. I never finished Kingdom Hearts 3, but I was playing through the series during the pandemic and I stopped. <clears throat> uh, but, oh baby, call me John Wick. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the first off the there's there's so much more Disney IP that can be explored now, which is a which is yeah. a fascinating National aspect Geographic, of, right? <laughs> Hoping we go there. Yeah, maybe we'll get a Jeff Goldblum world, Splash World. That's up for grabs. That's that's in there. What else is uh, what? Uh, the Free Simpsons. Guy? Simpsons. The Simpsons. I think yeah, the Simpsons would be great. Star Wars, of Marvel. You know, there's it's, speculation it's all, it's all, that there's potential for all of that. The forest area that you see in. Um, the trailer is Endor because you can see something that sort of oh, looks like an cool. ATAT foot in the trailer. Wait, sort of. Wait, that's fucking. What sick if it's as Avatar? Hell. It could be Avatar. Oh, if it's God, Avatar, awesome. I'll fucking 
<laughs> Our guest is crossing both of his fingers I, very hard. I would hard. lose my goddamn mind if it was... Because also, we have that Avatar game coming out. If there's two sure. things with Avatar in it, I'll lose my shit. Your Keyblade becomes a thing you put in something. Oh my god. Your Keyblade is your hair. <laughs> you fuck your Keyblade. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Cool teaser. They definitely made a point to show Sora's feet, which was an interesting choice. Yeah, like, yeah. He's not wearing shoes. He's barefoot. Yeah, Tarantino directed the the teaser. <laughs> hey, Apodaca, what would be your number one world that you would literally you, you'd like? Oh, if they do this, I'm I'm in. No matter what other terrible choices are made in the game. Oh, uh, man, that's because, t- you know, I feel like I, I I sent you a predictive text, right, where I was yeah. like, I think my prediction for this game is going to have little to no Disney stuff in it. Um, uh, because I feel like in, in the last couple of games, they've focused away from that sort of stuff. Like it's, it's certainly there, but like, I feel like they're more, uh, they were more interested in growing their, their organization 13 characters and like expanding the kingdom hearts IP. But now, I mean, yeah, it could be anything. What it's going to, it's going to be Marvel. Like they're going to put Marvel stuff in it for like, they have to probably, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I, it's tough to say. I would. I. I love The Simpsons, of course, but I just sure. can't see a world where where they do that. Um, I. I. I'm just happy that there's going to be more, and that it's going to be. Uh, who knows when it's going to come out, right? Because. Right. Who could? Who I could it's to, in development. It's not like I it's have, like they're working on it. Really, <laughs> it's like they're coming up with the idea. So they're I just going like to say anything. Or yeah. beyond we're looking I, at. I, I, I have an well. idea, guys. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my my hope for Kingdom Hearts 4. Is, you know, Sora looks very realistic in the trailer, right? Yeah. And it takes place sort of like in, in what looks to be the regular world with regular cars. Yes. I hope kind of one really of the, jarring. Yeah, yeah. I hope one of the worlds is Kingdom Hearts the game. Oh I my hope God. that realistic Sora <laughs> finds out that. that there is a game and it is a Sora IP yeah. and he goes to like a cartoon world, but he looks photorealistic and everything else is cartoons. That would I be, that would be wild. And, and I was just actually remembering because, um, my prediction that there wouldn't be any Disney stuff, uh, in it. Sort of, uh, I, I'm I'm done with that because I didn't realize that Disney owns Sora. Like, it's not a Square Enix IP. It's it's a right. Disney IP, so it, it's going to have some Disney stuff. What if? Sure. What, what, I don't know. Turning Red. Let's get Turning Red in there or something. I don't love know. To, love to see some Turning Red. Here, yeah. I, here's here's, Encanto. here's my pitch. Oh, Encanto. Give me an oh, Encanto. Encanto's a yeah, lot. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's see some Encanto. And you have to team great. up with Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Oh, so I, I, oh, I forgot the first rule of Bruno. <laughs> uh, my pitch is, uh, Lois, that reminds me of the time the heartless and goofy came to Quahog. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny meme of uh-huh. somebody is like, this is, must be what Kingdom Hearts is like. And it's... Hank Hill from King of the Hill shaking hands with Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what the heart of the cards is, but you sure have the heart of a Texan. <laughs> and it makes that's me laugh right. every time I see it. But yeah, I mean, let's get, yeah, let's get Stewie in there. I don't know. Who cares? 
Let's get Stewie in, in there. And hey, let's get our guest in here. We've been talking too long, too long about Kingdom Hearts 4. We have plenty of other stuff to discuss with this week's guest for the George Lucas Talk Show and the podcast Blank Check with Griffin and David. Great podcast. And Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix. Griffin Newman is here. Hi, Griffin. Hi. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I share my Kingdom Hearts 4 talk? <laughs> yeah, 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 please, yeah, yeah, please. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I got thoughts. I got thoughts. I've been burning up over here in this. Oh, scene. yeah, 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 yeah. So I think much like Matt. I got Kingdom Hearts 1 when it came out, and I dabbled in it, but I ultimately, I think, felt a little overwhelmed by it. Sure, sure. It's one of those games more, where, like... More than 20 years ago. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to think about. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. I remember getting when it came out, and I don't... I, I don't... I'm primarily a platformer guy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like never played any of the Final Fantasy games. I was never like a Zelda guy, as much as I'm embarrassed to say this on a video game podcast. So I think I was all in on the like, fuck, it's like Disney worlds. <laughs> and then the like the, the inherent Kingdom Hearts mythology, the sort of sure. like, proprietary Kingdom Hearts mythology, I found overwhelming. And just the gameplay, I was like, this isn't what I'm used to. And then in the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to get into them all. And I bought the set that had like all the... The two main games, but then also all the weird little side yes. games and whatever. I was trying to get through it. Didn't finish all of it. It's just, it's dense. It's, it's dense. Yeah, that's a, that's certainly a word for it. Dense. But I, <laughs> I, I, I was, I started to get into it. Now, I didn't realize until I was reading the feedback from the, the Kingdom Hearts 4 announcement that like, is... Is the consensus now that Kingdom Hearts 3 was a disappointment? Like, do people feel lukewarm on it? I think so. I think people were sort of lukewarm on it like when it came out because you can only... Because Kingdom Hearts 2 is like... Is the benchmark for right. the series. Like there are the some of the other... Like um, Birth by Sleep is really good. Um, yeah. But there's some of the other games. It's just like... It's such a sprawling uh, canon that when Kingdom Hearts 3... Because Kingdom Hearts 3 came out... Uh, what? Like... Three years ago or something? Two, four years ago? Um, I think three less. years ago, maybe less, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, and it had been a long time since Kingdom Hearts right. uh, two. So people had it's like you know, leave it to gamers to uh, right. <laughs> be this upset over. So it's it's not that good. It's not very uh, different enough, I guess. Whereas like Kingdom Hearts, the jump from Kingdom Hearts uh, two from one felt right incredibly vast whereas like this one is like yeah like this is i don't know it's kind of more of the same stuff and it's more confusing this i saw a lot of people being like i think this is going to be like kingdom hearts 2 2 like it looks already so different than uh than kingdom hearts 3 it looks like it looks so different than anything so i think 4 kind of looks like what maybe people wanted 3 to be in their mind's eye yeah it's there was like the joke when oceans Mm. 13 came out that steven soderbergh was like we should call it the one we should have made last time (laughs) Because people hated, like, Ocean's 12. And they were like, just do Ocean's 11 again. He was like, I'm sorry, we're just doing Ocean's 11 again. Yeah. Um, here's my theory. Kind of circling a bunch of things that you guys said. I was, I, I mostly like uh, baby games made for babies. Uh, sure. As I'm sure we'll talk about more in depth. I was pot committed to Disney Infinity. I was oh, all wow. about that shit. I still own every fucking single thing they made. Holy I shit. I was, like, all the way in. And a thing that I found really interesting about Disney Infinity was the first year was just Disney and Pixar, right? It was like 
everything within proper Disney branding and Pixar. And then year two, they added Marvel and year three, they added Star Wars. And anytime there was anything weird about the game and like people asked the developers, they would always say in, in two and three, in years two and three, when they added the other Star Wars Marvel stuff, they'd be like, there are very specific guidelines from those branches of the company. And there was like a lot of stuff where like year two when Marvel came out, they were not allowed to release any Disney characters the same time that they were releasing Marvel characters. Like there had to be like eight months where they only released Marvel product. And then when the Marvel product was done, the Disney stuff came out and they like really limited how much Captain America could interact with Mickey Mouse in a game that was all about like anyone can meet up with anyone. And then there was a similar thing with Star Wars as well where I feel like those branches of the company sometimes get protective of, like, we don't want to get too muddied with the kid stuff. Like, we want to remain feeling a little edgy and a little bit older. So the when I saw the 4 teaser, the Kingdom Hearts 4 teaser, and it has, like, such a new look, and it's so much more realistic and so much of a new tone, and you go, like, what would they put into this that they haven't put in already, and why are they not showing any Disney property in this trailer? My thought is... They have to, like, do a sort of soft reboot and be like, the arc is done. Kingdom Hearts was those three games. Here's the new lost arc. And now there's a new art style. And now we can touch Marvel and Star Wars, but we're not allowed to touch Disney in the same game. That's my theory. My theory is they adapted the art style to fit into the live action properties, which those companies would not allow to coexist with proper Disney cartoon characters. I wonder if. Interesting. I like I, it. I love this theory. I love it. And I hope it's right. And I mm-hmm. hope it's true. But. Because having Thanos and Vader as like the Maleficent and Hades of the new arc <laughs> right. would be so fucking cool. Yes. And then also Donald and Goofy. They're the only two. Yeah, the only two who cross right. over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe that's what they Because what? The only live action properties they've done the game so far are Tron. And Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which are both like proper Disney. Yeah. But I could see them being like, we want to do photorealistic Marvel superheroes and Disney characters that yeah. look like the actors. And Lucasfilm and Feige are only going to allow that to happen if the game feels a little more grown up and we're limiting the Disney in it to just like Mickey Donald Goofy, maybe. Fucking summoning Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like put Indiana Jones in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about Fox TV? Throw in House. Yes. I want to meet I want to meet Backstrom. <laughs> I want House. Oh I mean, God. you were asking like what's the number one property you want to see in there? One yeah. property came to mind immediately for me. Cause I do think Touchstone is largely untapped. I hope the three pillars of Kingdom Hearts 4 are Lucasfilm, Marvel, and Touchstone. I want to see Shanghai Noon, baby. I oh my God. Sora, Jackie Chan in there? Chan Wang, Royal Bannon, Princess Pepe. This is what I want. Wow. That would, I mean, that would honestly be sick as hell. The three biggest franchises awesome. Marvel, Star Wars, and Shanghai Noon. <laughs> <laughs> I've the only seen is, Shanghai Nights. That's true. That's insane. I know. If this, is a, like this is a, like me for years. I'd only seen Fletch Lives. <laughs> my, my family, for some reason, owned Fletch Lives on VHS. And, and Gremlins 2, right? The one I grew up with. Yeah. Well, but Gremlins 2 is better. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say, Heather? Sorry. If they if they did like a, a, a slices 
of like if they really if if what they pitched to Disney was we want to get as much IP in here as possible to show like the power of the brand. Mm. And they just ran through slices of IP. Mm-hmm. So you would run through like a hallway from house. Right. You know, you yeah. would run through Shanghai noon and just interact for like 30 seconds so that they could like get like hundreds of, of brands and IP into the game. That's a good point. Right. So like yeah. instead of like Pinocchio being a world, you're like the Fox network is a world and contained yeah. within that world is like 35 years of the Fox lineup. Yeah. yeah. Touchstone yeah. is a world. Yeah. Lucasfilm is a world. Slices. Marvel is a world. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. It's like they yeah. saw they saw Space Jam 2 and they were like, hold my beer. but the thing that makes like kingdom hearts so different than all this other ip mashup is that you have these like long soliloquies from characters being like friendship is my power yeah (laughs) my heart is missing yeah woody from toy story being like you'll never know anything about being a friend like and it's like oh my yeah you're right sorry woody right I'm just like, if Algae Rhythm was that introspective, then Space Jam 2 might have won the Oscar. <laughs> sure. It might what have won if, the cheer moment at the Oscars. It might have. <laughs> what if, Tha- like, the game starts with Thanos snapping, mm-hmm. and that's why Donald and Goofy aren't in the game? Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. So that dark space we see pitch. them in is post-snap in their version of yeah. reality. I, but I like, gotta say, Heather, what you pointing out that they're in this weird dark space being like, where's Sora? I feel like only supports my idea that Feige and Kennedy were like, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy cannot meet Han Solo. Yeah. They have to be in separate places. <laughs> yeah. They can be in the game, but they cannot be in the same place. Right. I can see, I mean, I the, the thing I'd heard through the grapevine was that like, you know, when they were going to do, when, when. Uh, when Lucasfilm was acquired, when Star Wars, when the Star Wars IP was acquired by Disney, that mm-hmm. one of Kathleen Kennedy's like first like like put her foot down things was like we're getting rid of dancing stormtroopers. Yes, it, at at Disneyland, like because she's yeah. like that's just too. It's it's not what this, yeah. the IP is all about. It's, yeah. star, it's not serious. So I could I could see them being like like having like a thing of like yeah no we have to make this make sense. This can't just be like you know this can't just be lunacy, even though that's the, the it being a free for all is what's fun about kingdom hearts. What it's if, also, well, and the same thing with like Disney infinity where people kept on yeah. being like, why can't I put like a uh, buzz Lightyear on Hoth? Sure. Yeah. And why they not? were just like really strident about it. They just kept on God, being be like, awesome. that was when they got canceled year four, they had apparently sort of like found a workaround to do like a world where everyone could coexist, but that kept on being fences that apparently were just, Feige and Kennedy being really protective. And I remember also before Disney bought Lucasfilm, there was so much Disney Star Wars mashup merch, like Mm -hmm. at the Star Tour shop, where you could get like Mickey as a Jedi and like Stitch as Emperor Palpatine and all this shit. And they did the same thing with like all the Muppets characters and the Star Wars characters. The second they were under the same umbrella officially, they were like, all of this is gone. You cannot make this shit look kitty anymore. Wow. They yeah. should have a puppet. They should have a Muppet world and then uh, also just have the characters look like Muppets. That'd be great. 
They should have a Muppet world, but most of the Muppet world is just like the guest stars. Like you don't even see the Muppets that <laughs> Angela much. Angela Lansbury, what are you doing right. here? <laughs> right. You're just like, you're driving Florence Henderson's limo trying yeah. to find the Muppet theater. And you're just in like downtown London or whatever. <laughs> what if Thanos kills Goofy like uh, like he did Loki at the beginning of Infinity War? And then like the whole game, Goofy's <laughs> dead, canonically dead. Chokes him to death. Yeah. Small price to pay for a drop of salvation or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> Sora, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I, I want him to kill Donald so he can get an entire series of Daisy Vision. That's just Daisy losing her mind over her loss. Wow. God, that'd be awesome. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, we could obviously talk about Kingdom Hearts all day. Hey, maybe this could have just been the Kingdom Hearts episode, I mean, but it's not the Kingdom Hearts episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got another topic we're going to talk about, mm. but, but you did talk about ba- playing, playing, you like baby games, Griffin. Yes. I'd like to get a sense of like, what is your taste in games? I know that we talked a, a bit during lockdown where you were acquiring a, a Game Boy Advance SP or mm-hmm. reacquiring so you could play, you could play some of your favorites, but w- w- what are some games that like, uh, what, what are some baby game comfort food for you? I'm like Lego games are the top of the mountain for me. Wow. That's those are just like my perfect modern video games. Um, I I get turned off when games emulate reality too much, mm-hmm. even just in terms of like camera control and stuff like that. Or like first person. Heather's shaking her head. In disgust. No, we are in we are on opposite sides of the spectrum. <laughs> I'm just I'm beyond, I know what show I'm coming on to. I'm not trying to gain any points here. I know people are going to be no, no, dragging no. me for weeks. No, no, no but I think the guys. I think Nick is probably ex- in your he. Nick is sort of like an opaque middle, so you mm, can like mm. fill him with your love and my love of video games, and he will respond positively to both. That's what makes him okay. a good co-host. Hey, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I thought you were saying I was like kind of like a black hole. What like I just f- suck no. in all the energy I'm and absorb the, it. I'm the hole on the Got show. It. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like games where you like break things and collect mm. things and have to like solve puzzles and people have gentle energy <laughs> and you can't <laughs> die. Like those are my favorite games. Uh, you know, I was like a big Crash Bandicoot kid. Mm. Oh, all the yeah. classic Mario games. I was a Game Boy guy. Mm. Um, my brother had the N64 because I was the oldest kid. My parents thought, uh, that I got too many things. So when they finally (laughs) decided like a game system could be in the house, they were like, but it's your brother's. He controls it. So I I was more Game Boy and was playing like older games and then, uh, got all the PlayStation systems later, I guess. Um, yeah, I love the Lego games. I was texting you recently, Nick, that I got really into WarioWare, the new, Switch That's version right. of WarioWare. So fun. Right. I missed all Nintendo consoles between 64 and um, and Switch. Wow. And wow. I stopped playing everything handheld after uh, Advance, Game Boy Advance. So let's, let's talk about the systems that you missed. You missed GameCube, yep. Wii, the yep. Wii, yep. Uh, the Wii U, which yep. everybody missed. Yep. Uh, uh, DS. N- Nintendo's lowest selling system other than the Virtual Boy is the Wii U. Wow. Sure. Uh, uh, oh, the yeah, DS, DS, the 3DS, mm-hmm. the DS Lite, one yes. of the best pieces of hardware ever designed by any company. So beautiful. Yeah, that is a that is a dark time to to have missed. I know, I know. I'm trying to track down for a reasonable price. I've texted Nick occasionally, being like, "Do you think this is a good bundle to bid on on eBay?" But I'm trying to get a 
new 3DS XL. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the model that fits the requirements of like the most compatibility with different things I'm yes. not getting with my SP that I have yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. But now's uh, a good time uh, to get one too because the uh, the virtual console is going to be shutting down soon. So you could load it up with uh, digital old like Game Boy games and uh, NES games and things like that. That's a good point. Yeah. But I, I do like analog cartridges. There's a, there's a chain called Book Off. That sells like old media, which is great. Oh, I love Book Off. It's so good. And there's one fairly close to me in New York. And so I've been buying a lot of old cartridges for them for my Game Boy SP. Oh, my God. But I'm like a a basic asshole where I still just kind of love playing crappy movie tie-in games. Sure. Like just (laughs) seeing characters I like gets me far. And as long as the game is basically playable, I am happy. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, there's a level of like when things are so slapdash and buggy that I can't handle it. But but it being right. characters I recognize goes pretty far for me. Um, but I, I feel like this is such this is such a lame thing to say. I feel like the the game we're sort of talking about today mm-hmm. is like the most intense game I've played in a while. <laughs> Just because yeah. the aesthetics of it and the world of it and everything are so appealing to me that I'm willing to put up with a game that is more stressful than what I usually like. Sure. And I feel like, I'll say, WarioWare is also stressful in its own way, but it's such short bursts that I can right. handle it. Yeah. The, the like obsessive nature of Cuphead of like, I need to do this like 800 times until I get the rhythm perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a fairly compulsive person, I think. And it's like, I try to limit how much I open that box. But when I yeah, saw the I, art style of Cuphead, I was just like, in. It, it's it's a it's a it's a gorgeous aesthetic that has drawn in a, a lot of people I know. You know, my, my my friend Stony Sharp, who's not necessarily the most hardcore gamer, but he's someone who's played through all of Cuphead just because he like he he's a director and he just thought it's this is this visual this visual marvel that I want yeah. to experience. Uh, and uh, and I I would say I don't think it's a lame thing to say because Cuphead is a challenging game. Like beating some of the tackling some of these bosses is like tackling an Elden Ring boss. You got to play through them a bunch of times, like you were saying. So it's it, it's, it's you know yeah, it's the kind of challenge I like. I mean, the other thing is like. I, I like playing games to a hundred percent. Like Ooh. my my friend always takes me a task. My friend Sam Rogal, because I have a lot of platinum trophies on my PlayStation account, but they're almost exclusively Lego games. And he's like, "That's <laughs> stolen valor. Yes, that doesn't count." And I was like, "I have them. I did everything." Yeah, yeah. But I think there's that part of me where it's like I want to be able to like wipe my hands clean and be like game done. I did every single thing. I wiped every corner of this thing. And when games are too like modern and expansive and dense and complicated, I'm just like I I feel overwhelmed. I will like never get to the end of this. And Cuphead sure. is challenging, but it also feels like surmountable, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, and I and I had this I had the same sort of feeling. This is a game that you can uh, you can you can persist and you can get through. It's not unfair, and it's not just a, just completely burdensome. I actually think there is like a toggle. I don't remember how exactly it works, but there's there's a there's a way to to nerf the difficulty a little bit if you just want to get through it. Yeah, it's um, uh, simple or regular is the right. are the two options, and uh, let me just say that simple is still. Um, uh, Hard, pretty hard, hard. pretty very sure, pretty hard. Oh, I oh, I play the game on simple, and it's still very hard. Yeah, 
I'm an uh, easy mode guy too, and I, I, right. I like some baby games. But I was gonna gonna ask you, Griffin, do you have a favorite movie tie-in game? You were saying that you like you like oh, great question. That. That's a good question. I mean, I do. I think that like I'm going back. Say Fantastic wealth. Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Say Fantastic Four. Rise <laughs> did you of the work Surfer. on that? I did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Those are like uh, two of my most hated movies. Ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've yeah. never played the games, but I was considering like looking at Game Boy Advance cartridge lots. Did you work on like the next gen? No. Yeah, I didn't work on the, on the handheld right. versions, console yeah. versions. Uh, yeah. It's it's a those those. Uh, those movies, I think, didn't work for the same reason the games didn't work. It was just like there was a muddled vision and there were a bunch of notes from everyone. And, you know, it, and also it was more just about like we need to cash in this IP by this right. deadline versus because of what whatever the Fox Marvel licensing contract shit, however that worked out. Like we need to make sure we get this thing out by this by this uh, you know, quarter mm-hmm. in order for this to work contractually or whatever. So it just, yeah, it was kind of a mess. D- did you work on the first one or just I did, Rise yeah. of Silver Surfer? Because the first yeah. one, I I remember having a lot of like expanded stuff, like characters from the comics who were not in the movie. Oh, yeah. Blastar was in there. Right. Annihilus? Yeah. Was Annihilus in there? I think so. Maybe. Um, yeah. You know you know what uh, game I, I really like? The... Um, the PlayStation 3, I mean, that's the console I had it for, mm-hmm. but whatever it was, the 2009 Ghostbusters game. Wow. Oh, yeah. I remastered that. Yes. Yes. I That for me was like, I got, I, I think that's one of the few movies where I'm like, I want to simulate being in this semi-realistically. Yes. Mm. You know, I think like when I play like Star Wars Battlefront, I'm like, I'm overstimulated. Give me the Lego one. I'm fine with the little bird (laughs) guys. I don't need to feel this in the action. But something about like the the mundanity of Ghostbusters and that you're sort of like wandering down hallways and museums and shit. And I like that that game captured like, I I like that it wasn't just point and shoot. That Mm -hmm. they got the weird process of Ghostbusting. You know, that there's like, there's a, there's a series of steps you have to take and different yes, equipment, yeah. and different settings and all of that. I really like the mechanics of this that. This technology works, but it kind of sucks. So it, 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 like, it's hard right, to, right. to navigate. Yeah, that's... Right, and I had friends who were like, it's like annoying. It's annoying how complicated it is to bust ghosts. And I was like, that's my dream. My dream <laughs> is to just be caught up with the limitations of the technology. It's also, it's still the best Ghostbusters follow-up. Like, it is sure. more successful mm-hmm. as another chapter of Ghostbusters than any of the three live action movies they've made since the original. Wow. Yeah. I, I had a we had a Ghostbusters game for my my dad's PC. I can't remember if it was Commodore Commodore 64 or 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 DOS uh, if it was on the uh, on our IBM, but it was it was a similarly like it was just like super complicated in terms of like you had to like outfit the Ecto one with equipment and you had to figure mm. out like your your lo- your 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 payload for what you're gonna fit on there and then you know the I, I can't remember the name of the traps right now but like it like so much of it was like busting a ghost and then setting the trap appropriately and capturing them in it um, and uh, yeah it was it, it similarly like like all the c- sort of tedious stuff about right. the process was kind of what the fun of it because it was just like Oh yeah, this is a this is a chore. Uh, I, I I did want to mention uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, uh, which is uh, which is going to be the the new multiplayer game that's in development. But 
I, I don't know. I thought I like 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 you were talking about that the 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 previous Ghostbusters game, but I like I that was one where I, I read the concept of it. it's a, it's, a, it's a 4v1 multiplayer shooter and it's like based it's Ghostbusters versus a ghost. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's kind of a cool use of the IP. That that could be a fun concept." And you can play as the ghost. You can play uh, as the ghost just causing havoc, yeah. Mm, mm. I I think it looks fun. It, I think it is probably less the Ghostbusters game I want. Like I think the sure. 2009 game just was exactly what I wanted of a Ghostbusters game, and I think that game is designed for like my friend Sam Rogal who's like, "Why can't I just play a game where I shoot ghosts?" Why can't <laughs> right. I just like go online with my buddies and shoot ghosts? And I'm like, no, the lore. I need to read <laughs> Ivo Shandor's blueprints. <laughs> I need to like check a water fountain. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like the first like 60 hours of the game are like trying to get the backpack working. Yes. Like, I like just like, right. like the, like the most intricate fallout style, like puzzle solving, yeah. like key turning. Right. Like you have to constantly. Also, the menus are obtuse and you have to constantly back out of like six layers of menu to get to the blueprint mode so that you can like (laughs) redraw the schematic or take a photo with your phone of your TV screen and then go back into the backpack. That's your dream. There's like there's like a Death Stranding part of the game where uh, Ray calls you and he forgot his keys and he's locked out of the firehouse <laughs> and you have to like go cross town to bring his keys back to him. Yeah, and he like you have to doesn't walk thank across you town. enough. Right. Yeah. Like I had the G isn't running. Yeah. I had Ghostbusters for the PC Junior, which mm. my uh, my you know when my mom was on the show she she talked about this. It was a strange computer that they got me. Uh, that was your and- mom? <laughs> Wait, you're related to Gail Campbell? <laughs> oh, boy. Nick. I don't even Matt, understand did you know this? this joke. Like, no, what is the angle here? <laughs> 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 but we had Ghostbusters, like the old computer game, mm. which had a license for the song, but could only do like about one phrase of the melody. Wow. So it just go like beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 in for, forever. Which is forever especially not the song. Like, that's yeah. like no. at, at that point, it's not it's the song. It's the wind-up. Yeah, it's just the wind-up. You're just edging the entire time you play the game. We, we do want to talk about Cuphead. We do want to talk about the Cuphead show. Mm. But also, I know that there is some news related to some games that we are currently spending some time with. So I do want to ask, at this late point in the show, <laughs> guys, what are you playing? <laughs> oh, Nick, they finally got you. Yeah, this is a long time coming. <laughs> Let me delete my hard drive real quick. <laughs> Uh, I'll get it. Yeah, you better answer that, Nick. Yeah, hello? What are you playing? <laughs> uh, Griffin, are you, are you currently playing anything? There was, there was new Lego Star Wars. I don't know if you yeah. spent any time can with we, that. Can we go back? Can, I, can we flesh that out with some sound effects, please? Can we just... Sure. Devin, Devin is like, what do you think I'm going to do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> don't you know who Great. I is? It's me, Great. DTB. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, what are you playing? 
Uh, I'm playing uh, Lego Star Wars The Complete Skywalker Saga, which just came out last week. I've just started dipping my toes into it. But this is like, for for a Lego game fanatic like myself, this is like the Kingdom Hearts 3 of Lego games. (laughs) Because it all started with Lego Star Wars, this whole modern era. And they did uh, the prequel trilogy, then the original trilogy, then Clone Wars. And they did a game for Force Awakens that touched on some of the other things. But that's the only sort of modern Star Wars game there's been in the last 10 years. So this Wait, there was been, a Lego Force Awakens game? Yeah. Just Force Awakens. Wow. And it felt like, oh, Completely they'll do that. a new game for every movie every year. Sure. And they never did. And the Force Awakens game had like modern updates of levels not like full reconceptions of like, how would we do an Endor level today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it had some of those as like bonus levels from the other movies, but uh, it's it's all been untouched for a while. So this was just like from the ground up, not just remastered or remade. We're going to like reconceive the entire saga of the nine Skywalker saga movies uh, for modern game standards. So I've just started dipping into it because it's very big expansive game that I will probably yes. spend five years playing to completion. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that fucking platinum trophy. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with it so far. Matt, have you, have you played that Star Wars at all? Yeah, I, I started messing with it a little, a little bit. bit. Uh, it was very painful to eject Elden Ring from my PS5, mm. um, but uh, I was ha- happy to do it. I messed around with it for a little bit, and I'll, get, I'll be getting back in. That's my next game after I, uh, after I finish after I finish Elden Ring and you know give myself uh, Whiplash, um, <laughs> right? But it's 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 very fun. I, I used to love all those games as well. They're 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 a hoot. Really, only the the Star Wars Lego ones. I never really mess with any of the other Lego ones. But um, or yes, because I mean I don't know the Star Star Wars gameplay is fun. So you get to yeah mess around with that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to think if I ever played any of the non Star Wars Lego games. I don't think I did. I think I think those are the only ones. You know what? I'm lying. Well. I did play the first uh, Marvel one. Whatever the Marvel there the, was uh, Lego Marvel, Marvel superheroes. Yeah. And then I think it was Marvel Avengers, which mm-hmm. is more cinematic universe. And then there's Marvel Superheroes 2. Yeah, I played Marvel is, Superheroes. I think Marvel Superheroes 2 is maybe the best one to date. Wow. Mm. Having not finished um, Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was the most advanced one. I say on my relative baby game terms. <laughs> but it also it had like a good... This uh, one's for six-year-olds. <laughs> Narrative, yeah, yeah. Marvel Superhero Two is all like alternate realities. So you go to like weird medieval Renfair Marvel, yeah. And, like you go to space and Spider Man twenty ninety nine, like that kind of. There's stuff. the noir yeah. world. It's right. sort of more theme like that, which is really fun. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the 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 games listed on the Lego website, and like mm-hmm. some of these, I you know obviously I do. There was a there was a. Uh, Lego Batman, but I did not know they made a Lego Jurassic World. I oh, didn't yeah? know they made wow. they made a Lego Incredibles. Pirates of the Caribbean. The Incredibles one I was a weird one for me because there's only two movies there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they usually build their games out of larger franchises. And I was just like, I wish this was a Lego Pixar game. Yes. Mm. Like, I wish there were the same amount of Incredibles levels, but it felt a little smaller than the previous games. And it's like, if there's a hub and then off of this, I can play Toy Story Incredibles. Like, even if it's just Lego Pixar 1 mm-hmm. and they pick, like, two or three of them. Um, mm. But they haven't gone back. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, Matt, you mentioned ejecting Elden Ring, but I know you put that bad boy back in. Oh, it's Because it's right I've been following... In. 
I've been following by proxy your guys' text conversations with Envy as you are, uh, A, spending a lot of time playing the game together. Yes. And B, progressing much further than I have, including, well, I mean, I'll just let you guys take it away. Heather. Do you, well, I feel like Heather has a lot more to say about this. As as uh, last week, she made a proclamation that she made that she made good on within the time frame she allowed herself. That's right. Um, first off, I don't know what you're saying. I have no idea what that means. I don't know what proclamation. I say a thousand things a day that are like I'm going to be the president of the United States. Yeah, and then I don't know. And you la- an hour later, you're like. What are you getting into politics? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> right, I have well, no idea. Previously on Get Played, Heather, <laughs> you, last week you said that you were almost done, and mm. that within the next 48 hours you were going to finish the game, and you oh, did yeah. just that. And I think you might have done it in like 35 from that point. Uh, yes, you, had, you had I finished did. the game. I have finished it, and I feel like I, Incredible. I don't like. I'm. How do we? I, I got I got the canonically bad ending. Yes. Before I got the canonically bad ending, when I knew that it was about to end, I marched back through the world and killed every NPC that was still alive. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> Monstrous. Uh, and, uh, you know, made sure I'd finished all the dungeons. Um, I could not I can't platinum the game because there's two two of the trophies require different endings than i received Mm -hmm. which was the rarest ending uh because a lot of people don't like being a bad guy at the end of that game Mm -hmm. and um, that's i guess my new thrill both in disco elysium and in elden ring (laughs) i've decided to be the worst kind of because like i live a pretty normal human uh morally yeah you know decent. centered life yeah sure so when so. i'm in a video game i'm like these people don't exist fucking i'll walk up to all of them and kill them yeah. um like like i mur- like i murdered patches and he was you begging me patches. not to like i walked oh. up to him and i just split him in half yeah with well, my- he's up to no good anyway so you know <laughs> What about uh, the turtle pope? Did you did you at least spare the turtle pope? Oh shit! The turtle pope is still alive. I gotta go get that <laughs> oh, guy. No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick, you were saying you were following along because Heather and I teamed up in the game. Heather joined me in my right. game. And yeah, was we were Heather. We were a pretty good team. Yeah, we were uh, because. Um, Matt's a, a more of a mage mm-hmm. type. He's like a mage and blade, yes. and I am blade and tank. Uh, so there, we we managed to make our way through the entire Halig tree in about an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really, we really rocked it. They were kind of um, scared. I heard they they seemed really scared when we were walking through all the people there, all the enemies. They were like really, really freaked out. They're like, "Oh no, it's them! <laughs> no, it's, guys, they're bad it's news. also." It's funny to go they through an area that the first time I like cautiously walked up to each enemy and planned everything. Mm-hmm. And the second time you go through that area, you're just like running up to ants and executing them. <laughs> yeah. Like just like <laughs> running at things. And anytime I would rush something, I knew Apodaca had my back because I'd be like, chopping away at something and then there'd be a blast of blue energy that's what that I, I was gonna say yeah heather would get them on the ropes and i'd be like, like with like big so comet good. uh like magic really really fun um 
I, it also, yeah. it, it fulfills a thing that I've, I don't think I've ever had in my life, which was just like showing up and gaming with a buddy. A, a like real I, hoot. Wow. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that in Halo back in the day with a, with a few friends, but I think primarily my online gameplay has been solo and this was, this has just been great. We had a real blast. We were making moves. We were planning things out in text. Yeah. We were like, okay, yeah. I think this is what we're going to do now. Okay, cool. Let's go back this way. That kind of stuff. I, aside from that, I took down the hardest boss in the game, Melania, with yes. me, and, wow. me and my mimic, got to, got to business and took her down, uh, but still cannot finish beat the game i'm on the last guy on the mm -hmm. last boss and having a hard time i don't know if it's the stress of ending it that's sort of getting in my head and affecting my my play but i've also heard that final boss is like challenging it sucks and maybe it fucking not the most sucks, fun man. fight yeah um but you beat the dragon lord solo i beat the you? dragon lord solo <laughs> yeah 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 i yeah. like i yesterday while i was like frustrated with the um the final boss, I was just like, okay, like who's left on my list? And just kind of like went through and f killed people. I remembered that I skipped or whatever. I took down like four dragons yesterday, just like, just for fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically now at a spot where I have to finish. I have to beat him. And sure. then I can, then I can be done with it. I want to be done with it so bad. Uh, I, I, I've just crossed the 160 so you hour your life back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 160 Incredible. hours. I've never done this with a, I've never done this. <laughs> I've never done this with the game before. And I want to stop talking about it so we can, uh, so Nick, cause, uh, I, I've had enough to, uh, to say about it, but I know Nick wanted to talk about something real quick too. Well, I do. First off, I, I, uh, Griffin, I know this is. I, I'm curious. First off, how opaque this is to you, and and what your Elden Ring very the very much the opposite of a baby game. But are yes. you're certainly aware this is in the zeitgeist? I am. I was. I was just thinking, hearing uh, you describe it, Matt. It feels like a, a character on a sitcom describing a fake video game <laughs> written by a 50-year-old who's never played video games before. But they're like, what are things that gamers say? I, I got to beat the Dragon Lord solo. I haven't met the Turtle Pope yet. <laughs> like, it just feels like you're throwing out buzzwords. I understand this game is, like, so expansive and contains everything. But every glimpse of a thing you just said, I'm like, those are fake specifics. Well, and it's part of that is probably because some of the lore is written by George R. R. Martin, uh, right? A geriatric That's true. man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a geriatric man procrastinating from having to do real right. Yeah, yeah. the real yeah. goat for procrastinators out everywhere. Um, but we love him. Yeah, we love him. We love the guy that doesn't finish jobs. Uh, it's great. Mm. Um, but Nick, I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll touch on this real quick. This was this was a Reddit post that got widely circulated, and you know, uh, uh, it, it, this this may be ancient history by the time this episode released. But we were all talking about this. You were talking about Millennium. Uh, this this post is by uh, uh, you uh, sazed eight one three s a z e d eight one three. Here's to an absolute legend. Let me solo her. After twenty to thirty millennia attempts and getting to fifteen percent several times, I finally decided I would try summoning and bum rushing with two others and just getting it done. So I popped the finger remedy and approached the first sign I could see. 
uh, more dense stuff for Griffin I'm sorry, <laughs> to be unable F- to process. Finger remedy is absolutely a Kevin can wait joke. That is not <laughs> a real thing that real gamers play. You can see George R. R. Martin pitching that. Hey, my daughter won't stop remedy. talking about this finger remedy. <laughs> Comes from a finger maiden. All right, George. Uh, it was a man wearing nothing but a jar on his head, holding two katanas named Let Me Solo Her. I considered against it, but I was curious, and who am I to deny him his wish? This man took no damage, except for some <laughs> rot on the flower attack. He was flawless and put all my attempts to shame. I definitely didn't kill Millennia, but either way, she is dead. Thank you, kind stranger, even if you'll never see this message. Uh, let me solo her later posted himself or themselves. Uh, and uh, here's, a, here's an image. I can share this real quick just so you can see. Uh, this new jar-headed man uh, who is apparently just like a complete stud. <laughs> anyway, just, it's one of those things you just read about and it's like, like, fuck, that is so much... Like, that guy has a legacy. Yes. Like, that is just like, what a cool thing to do with your life, to be the let me solo her guy. People, more He's people like, will remember him in 100 years than they'll remember me. Like, that's amazing. For sure. Yes, yeah, me too. He's and like a blue shirt just guy. The, the week, yeah, yes. <laughs> in the week since this has been posted, there have been tons of other people who've come forward and been like, oh, let me solo her helped me with my run on Melania. And then somebody sculpted a statue of, yes. of him and 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 painted this incredible statue. There's been fan art and it's all for a random anonymous Elden Ring player who honestly, there are other people who have like taken down millennia by themselves in a group summon. It's just none of them do it with the confidence or bravado no. of let me solo her. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's alpha. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh- <laughs> I envy this person. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let, let's let's pivot a bit away from Elden Ring and into this week's topic. The game was better. The Cuphead Show, the Cuphead Show, developed by Dave Watson on Netflix. Season one was released in February of this year. Season two already planned, already in the can, coming out this summer. Uh, we all watched the pilot, Carn Evil. I watched a little bit more of this. I watched the second episode, Baby Bottle, which I enjoyed. But let's start with Cuphead, the game. Griffin, your background right now is mm-hmm. is from Cuphead. I think you, this you, is the DLC coming out this yeah, summer. Yeah, the upcoming DLC. Just, yes, I like this uh, the character. delicious last course. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, this this uh, this cow with the with the vacuum or musket, whatever I, it is. I, I think it's like a cow trying to milk you. I think that's like a <laughs> wow, some sort An of reversal. milker. Oh, yeah, God, oh, I'm man. the one who milks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did, so you so you enjoyed this game. You spent some time with it. I do. I, I I have not played it to completion. I pick it up when I'm in the mood. Like I have to be in the specific mood because it is not an unwind game for me. <laughs> right. I, definitely right. I, I usually play games. That are, I, I play it when I want to be challenged. And unlike something like WarioWare, where I've recently picked up that like scratches that itch, but I can get like five levels done in uh, 30 seconds, you know, um, yeah. Uh, the, the commitment with Cuphead is longer because you just you really have to get in like a rhythm and a groove with it. But it was one of those things where like as someone who does not monitor video games incredibly closely, uh, when this was announced, and I feel like this game had like five years of run up between its announcement and getting released. because oh, yes. They just kept Long on delay. being like, sorry, this game is so much more complicated than we thought it would be. But that was part of like the beauty of it was just this promise of like. These, like, brothers from outside the video game industry are going to make this entire game 
with the actual technique of old school animation. Like it just seemed impossible. Uh, and, and they, I think they've talked a lot about like, we never would have committed to doing this if we knew how hard it was. We right. like thought it would be fun to make a game that looked like thirties, like a works, Flesher studios, cartoons. And then once we down the, went down the rabbit hole, it was like some cost fallacy. Like we cannot abandon this thing. Um, but, but yeah, the, like the, the fact that the game is like actually hand drawn, cell animated, watercolor backgrounds is that expressive um i was just like on board there was the point in time where it was like pc exclusive and then what what, microsoft didn't buy it but gave them the money to finish to get the exclusive window right it's uh yeah it it ended up being uh released on xbox i think i I don't i think it was on pc first and then went to xbox and then ultimately now it's on everything you can get it on switch I finally got it on Switch, but I, I was so into the look of this game that I considered buying both a gaming PC and considered buying an Xbox just to play this because mm-hmm. I was like so tempted by it. Mm. Um, but but it is one of those things. I mean, the thing that's like funny about the game is you're playing it the whole time. And part of it is like the game I feel like is almost trying to like Mandela affect you into like, this is this cartoon you love these characters that yes. have just existed for a hundred years. This like world you're very familiar with where when you're playing the game, or at least when I was playing the game the whole time, I'm like, I want to fucking watch this. Like I love yes. playing this, but like a cuphead cartoon show should just be the greatest thing in the world. And it feels like a layup and all the hard work has been done. The the uh, here's what I'll say about the game. Uh, and and uh, we, we were semi correct. It, it, it was uh, Microsoft helped fund it. And it uh, was a, originally an, a Microsoft exclusive on Windows and Xbox One released simultaneously in 2017 okay. eventually comes to switch and PlayStation 4. Uh, but the but but I, I just the thing that impresses me about Cuphead is I thought it was just going to be an aesthetic marvel. I thought it was just like, okay, right. this game looks great. You see all the trailers, like this is. But then you actually play as like, oh wait, this gameplay is really tight. These are really, really well done. You know, the platforming is is good, but the boss fights are just like these are really well designed and intricate, and the the control is tight and responsive, and you know, it it, it feels difficult but not unfair. Like these are this is this is just like really well balanced gameplay, and it's it's kind of amazing that they were able to do both because it feels like it, it like so much work would have to go into just like the animation that they also got the timing uh, uh you know the 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 right windows on all the um uh uh, uh you know uh, on on all the uh, uh uh the the attack frames and 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 everything just to, like make this like a fun game it's like but also the music is so so good just and that was a thing yeah it's it's such a great pass package and that was a thing where you know when they're going from the 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 score is uh, Chris Madigan composed it for the game apparently a novice composer just just this uh, amazing you know childhood friend of the two brothers and uh, just you puts together this amazing score we talked about on previous episodes uh, Ego Plum who's a, a a veteran TV composer does the music for the the show uh, the Cuphead show on Netflix a- and I do think the music on the show is is it. Uh, is is good and i think it's like uh, i honestly think like aesthetically in terms of like what you're talking about like this should be a layup like i think they they do a pretty good job with it in terms of uh, in terms of look and and uh in terms of audio video yeah i agree i i didn't it's funny i so i watched the whole season wow um wow and i i think i i only bring this up because what is it i think it's episode eight or nine is the one where it feels like they kind of 
nail it where you're like, this is what the whole show should be. And the other ones all feel like close and it's hard to put your finger on why it isn't like totally taking over. Because I watch it. I'm like, this is fun. I'm charmed by this. I should love this. It is very charming. Right. But I'm like, I, I should be so all in on this. I already feel an affinity for these characters. I love this world. I love like the designs of everything. I love the music and everything. Like, what's this final step that's not getting me there? And and I think I was when the show got unveiled, I was like, oh, is this going to look worse than the game? You realize mm-hmm. like it is actually not cost effective to make an entire series with the same techniques they applied to the game. So no, like, definitely not. By nature, they have to be using modern animation techniques. But I think they do a good job of approximating the vibe pretty well without it just feeling like a kind of hollow pastiche. I, I'm like, uh, uh, I, I know enough about animation to describe things while sounding dumb to people who actually know a lot about animation. But <laughs> I will explain this as poorly as I can from my understanding as I was like digging into the making of the show. But um, the the game they did like all sort of analog, old school style where you're literally like, doing pencil drawings and then inking them on cells and coloring them in and then doing that in front of like genuine hand-painted watercolor backgrounds, right? And doing these animation cycles for the movements, which is just like a very complicated, cost-prohibitive thing. And also it's just like modern companies don't like people using antiquated technologies. Like Netflix is just kind of maybe never going to allow anyone to do this, even if they'll give them the money (laughs) to do it. Right. Because it's just like, there's not enough control over the thing. Um, But, but so this is using, what's it called? Toon Boom, I think is the program, which Mm -hmm. is sort of like what a lot of things are animated on uh, Mm -hmm. now. Um, But it is like, it's like an evolution of like flash animation where you are essentially making like puppets, right? Sure. Like rather than having to hand draw the character frame by frame, you're like creating a model of a character and that character is rigged and you can just sort of puppet them around into the scenes. Um, And I think when people complain about animation today being less expressive than animation of like our youths, uh, whenever your youth was, um, I, I think that's usually the source of the complaint is like, even if you look at old cartoons and they're wonkier than you remember them being and you can see the sort of like busted edges of them, there is that sort of like handmade feel of like someone had to draw every one of these. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the Hanna-Barbera thing where a character is standing completely still for like, you know, 15 seconds so they can save money. But then yes. when they do move, they have big expressions and they're not bound to any sort of physics and squash and stretch and all this sort of stuff. And when you have like a solid rig on a program like this, uh, it, it often can feel a little limited because there's like only so much they can move them outside of their sort of the basic physics of how they've been designed. And I think this show does a really good job of like stretching those models as far as they possibly can. Like they feel incredibly expressive and fluid and not just the main characters, even the supporting characters. Um, I I think they have like a lot of fun with it. And like the backgrounds aren't watercolor, but they do a good job of making it look like they are. They put like the sort of like flickering screen filters on top of the image. So it looks kind of like busted old film. Like all of that I think is very well done. 
Yeah, totally. I, 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 the backgrounds in particular, I was like, oh, they did a really good job of of emulating this aesthetically. And then also, yeah, the, the filter is like not too obtrusive because right. the balance of this is they're like, okay, we're making this for the show. The primary audience for the show is children who have zero nostalgia for the cartoons of the 30s. Right. So how do we kind of like, you know, replicate what's cool about the game, but then also make this, you know, uh, approachable for that audience? Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. The way you describe the, the you know, the character models being rigged, it's like the show is weirdly being produced closer in a sense to how a video game would be produced. Yes. Whereas the video game itself was made like this, you know, old school uh, hand-drawn Disney animation or, or Hanna-Barbera right. animation. Yeah. Right. And I read a lot of these, uh, the people who worked on this show worked on the recent run of Mickey Mouse cartoons, which are really bizarrely good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's like the first time in, 70 years anyone's let mickey mouse have a personality and you're like oh this guy can be funny like right. and and it's just yeah it, it it's a really it's a really good uh show where i do think you feel the limits of the animation a little more but the writing and the characterization everything's really really tight um and they said the thing they learned from that was that the way you get around the limitations of the model is just like justify any time you need to build a unique model for that shot or that scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So they have right. the basic rigs that they're using, but when they want the character to go into a totally different zone or the head to change, you know, proportions and dimensions entirely or, you know, super expressive kind of stuff. Like the the things like Ren and Stimpy where you could just, you know, old Looney Tunes where characters could just look completely different from one frame to the next. Um, I like they did it. The other nerdy thing I really love that they did is like especially now when we get to see like high def transfers of old animation when those things were actually shot on film and it was like a cell under a piece of glass over a painted background there's always the weird shadow if you're watching in high def where there's like a little separation between the cell and the background. Mm -hmm. And they like digitally recreate that for this. Like the characters look a little lifted off the background. Yeah. Which I think they just do subtly enough. It's like really, really effective. Yeah, that was my favorite detail in the show. Was like that and the, um, there's like a chromatic effect on some of the uh, edges of the letters. Uh, in in things, all that stuff is, I mean, I don't know that a kid likes that, but it goes a really long way when you're watching the show for a podcast. You're like, <laughs> wow, what a, what an insane thing to like, make sure you do. Uh, it's, it's almost like, um, I say this having also written for the show. Uh, but the first season of Eric Andre mm-hmm. is shot on like 1970s cameras. And there was a ton mm. of like production problems because of the way the footage would come out. But there's no way, I think, in in computer processing to really achieve some of those uh, artifacts and some of some of the stuff that like just happens because of the tech. And uh, they did in, in Cuphead, the show, they did they 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 really hit a couple of bullseyes with that stuff. Absolutely. But in comparison, when you play Cuphead, the game where they just held themselves to this standard where they're like, oh, yeah. we're not going to cheat. We're going to do everything for real. There yeah. is some weird warmth that comes out of that game. Yes. That for however much it drove them crazy, it took them like seven years to pin down. Yeah. It's like what you're saying where there's like there's some bizarre energy that comes from it. Yeah. Now, like the difference is 
they're using technical cheats to approximate like the style of this thing. And then what this show has to solve is like, who actually are these characters and what are the stories? <laughs> yeah, which they do. I they you know they they decide on personalities and uh, for for Cuphead and Mugman, and it's and it's it's very much a two hander uh, where they're they're kind of an odd couple. And, uh, you know, again, and they had to voice these characters, which, you know, there's there there isn't voices in the game Um, there. There's some singing in the game, but there's no like like voice acting in the game for the characters. It's all presented with title cards. And uh, I I don't know. I like how I I like the way these were these roles were cast and personified and written. I think like like they had to make a choice. And I think I think just making Cuphead kind of a little bit more impulsive and Mugman a little bit more like. Gee, I don't know, guys. I think that's just like a classic contrast. Yeah, I think they're really funny. <laughs> yeah, they do make me laugh. <laughs> I, I do think I I wish they pushed them a little more to those extremes. And I mm. think like watching the full season, the episodes that work best are the ones where they occupy those roles more strongly. Like it's fun to have them agree on stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't need them to constantly be like the odd couple. Sure. But I do think when that dynamics heightened, the show is uh, funnier. I mean, I was like watching. It it was that thing of like, this should be so easy to do, to just make the Cuphead show. And then when you're watching the show, it makes you realize like, oh, the game itself has a lot of personality. But like Cuphead and Mugman don't really have personalities. No. And and they're all these kind of archetypes of like, it's this type of shorts wearing – genial troublemaker character from these types of cartoons from a hundred years ago. And the same thing with like the devil is like the jazzy villain archetype that like exists in a lot of these cartoons. So like with the game, you're carried along by like, Oh, I understand the thing that they're riffing on. Sure. And, and the game itself is so lovingly like handcrafted the music and all these things, like the details are gotten like so on the money and then you play the game and you're like, okay, but who are they? Like, now that I'm removing it from mm-hmm. the warm associations of, oh, my God, I get to play a game that looks like a cartoon short. Um, I do think, like, I feel like by the end of the season, they're, like, they pretty much figured out who Cuphead and Mugman are. But, like, half of the episodes I'd be watching and I'd go, like, wait, wait which one's the tentative one and which one's the more bullish one? Sure. Like, I get them flipped occasionally. Hmm. Uh I'm gonna watch more of the more of the series because I did enjoy the two episodes that I watched. The second episode, which is the where they get a baby bottle, uh, which is cute. That's that's the baby really in the universe is a bottle. It's funny, <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is just a classic cartoon scenario. Two goofballs have to take care of a baby, and the baby's causing havoc. That's great. Uh, there's also a character that gets introduced late in the series who I haven't gotten to, to her episode yet. She is in the DLC, the upcoming. Um, uh, uh, what the hell is the name of that aisle again? They had they had a cute pun for it. The the DLC aisle, the delicious last course, there oh, is okay. is the the expansion where you're going to the DLC aisle. Uh, but uh, but Ms. Chalice, everyone's horny as hell for Ms. Chalice. Apparently, who? Everyone. You guys seen Ms. Chalice? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm describing myself. Okay. <laughs> um, she is okay, only in the oh. last episode. I mean, she's yeah. she's hubba, hubba. yeah. Come on, very much so. Um, Talk I about mean, a the boys water. the boys are describing a. Monkey bodied uh, <laughs> dish for a face. But I think because you can see her old lady panties, the guys just were like, oh, yeah. Oh, Throw yeah. Back on the screen. Let me see those frilly panties. All right. Hold on. Um, no, I will say, look, Heather, 
Heather, yep. in defense uh-huh. of us being gross, horny gremlin boys, uh-huh. <laughs> I will say, Miss Chalice is only in the last episode of the season, and the entire episode is about the fact that, like, everyone wants to fuck Miss Chalice. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is the characterization that, like, they're trying, like, they're constantly, like, running some scheme or trying to get the better of someone. And then Miss Chalice enters and somehow, like, just succeeds at everything she's doing. And they're like, what's your secret? And she's like, I'm charming. Aww. And she has this whole musical number where she, like, sells them on the the value of being charming rather than being a little stinker. Mm. I guess she's secretly a little stinker. But she's she's bizarrely sexualized on the show. Well, She's bizarrely sexualized on this podcast. <laughs> she's, she's, let's just say she's bizarrely sexualized, period. Yeah. There was um there's a sight gag in I watched three episodes and there was a sight gag that really made me laugh. It also made me really question um the um the anatomy of Cuphead because or it might have been the second one actually, because uh they have a fish tank or something or a fish. Oh yes. Uh yeah. and uh then Cuphead there's a loose fish and it breaks. The the the, the thing breaks and Cuphead puts the fish in the top of his head and you see it swim by his eyes and I was just sort of like okay so wait a second (laughs) is the liquid in his head that's swashing around his brain or his eyes or what is going what is going on in this his his eye juice and his brain juice are one in the same yes so those the 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 portals on the front of his face are windows into the cup the pupils (laughs) are floating in between like a, a, a double glassed layer so that he can focus and fi- and fixate on different objects. But what you're seeing are not the whites of his eyes, but just the liquid in the cup. Yeah, just like milk. Like <laughs> Yeah, brains. I think it's brains milk. Yeah. And, and eye juice. Yeah. It it, it the, just made it, it made me think for a second. Maybe a second too long. I was like, well this, that's not how eyes work. There, I put there's something in my an head you should if I if I can offer mild spoilers, I think this is episode Please. four, where uh, Mugman's handle breaks off. It's like another oh, no. interesting sort of anatomy episode where his handle breaks off and they're trying to reattach it, and it's kind of unclear if it's painful or it's just scary, <laughs> like right. it's just upsetting to them. And then Elder Kettle like tries to settle them down by being like, "This is a thing that happens when you get to a certain age." Your handle falls off, your baby handle, so that your adult handle can grow in. Uh. Oh, no. And he like tells them the story of like he had this little handle and it fell off and he went to sleep and it came out and he had his big, handsome handle. And then he grew into like the elder kettle they know today. And they're like, oh, that's much better. And then they go to sleep. (laughs) And while they're sleeping, he super glues their handles back on and is like, see, the handle fairy came. It's like, so it's not real? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Wow. It's just a Elder lie. Kettle. Yeah, uh, Elder Kettle. There's also a part where Cuphead, like, grabs Mugman by his handle and, like, pulls him backward. And I'm like, mm. that's like if somebody grabbed part of my head and yeah. just, like, pulled me. That would be very uncomfortable to me. I yeah. feel like it would hurt. Right. Well, I guess like, I guess the uh, what's the, that the equivalent of your ear? I guess it would be, like, maybe? my ear, yeah. Yeah. No thanks. Your hair? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is what hideous. I find interesting about the show. Like, this was the big conclusion I came to watching the whole season and the one episode, episode nine, working better than the others and trying to figure out why that was. And I read all these interviews with the animation team and they sort of like, and the, and the writing team and everyone, and they sort of talked about like, 
We wanted to make a game that stood on its own. We didn't want to just do like an adaptation of the game literally Mm -hmm. and the same sort of chronology. And this weird thing we were talking about of like it kind of has to have a foot in both worlds because they are doing a modern show. The primary audience is like kids. Uh, It has to in some way have like the rhythms and sensibility of modern cartoons that kids are used to even if it's a little throwbacky. Like they're not just going full pastiche on this because then it's like just a weird – art object for dorks like us, um, <laughs> which I would be happy with. I'd be happy with, I would but I understand that. it's like fucking King Features Syndicate, which like owns a lot of the big comic strip characters, mm-hmm. made this big licensing deal for Cuphead because they were like, Cuphead is a new character that feels like a classic character. And they set up this show because they're like, we want this to be like a thing like Betty Boop or whatever, you know? Like we want Cuphead to have that versatility. But um, episode nine is uh, a big, like, uh, devil episode. Is that the one I'm thinking? No, it's episode eight. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, there are two episodes. Those two episodes kind of run together. But it's, it's Sweater Off Dead, um, <laughs> where... Uh, Great it, title. Yeah, because the first episode sets up the devil thing where they're sort of, like, getting the better of him. He's trying to take their soul, and they get away with it, and a lot of the souls go back out. And the main, like, concept of the game is that, like, they lose their souls to the devil. They want him back. And he's like, I give you whatever it is, 48 hours on the clock. I'll give your souls back if you can collect all these other missing souls to me. And uh, that's the episode where he kind of comes back for them. And they're sort of trying to outwit him. And you're like, the best version of this show, even though it does sort of feel like just literally adapting the way the game levels work, is like the devil's on their back. They're constantly trying to outwit the devil. And they have some deal where they have to go to all these boss characters and find a way to get their souls from them. You know, like I like the the one there's an episode where it's the two like frog brothers who are on like the the riverboat casino with the boxing gloves. Right. Which is one of my favorite levels in the game. But their episode, you're just kind of like, what weird characters (laughs) what a weird place and you do think about like most like because i think i like about this show is that the episodes are really short so they do feel like kind of like old runtime right like theatrical uh short cartoon runtimes but almost all of those shorts like the looney tunes and what have you had like inherent games to them where it's like bugs bunny is always trying to get the better of someone you know like Mm -hmm. roadrunners always being chased by wiley coyote and i feel like sometimes they don't know if it's like, oh, the show is just a day in the life of Cupman and Mugman and they do some shit. And like sometimes they're just little stinkers and sometimes they're in trouble and sometimes they're not. But like the episodes where the devil is like on their back and they have something to do and they're trying to stay like one step ahead, I think feel closest to capturing what I like about the game and also feel the funniest. Uh, on that note, speaking of of the devil, you know, there's a and, and how this this game, this the show replicates the game. Uh, there's a here, here's a music cue we'll hear from the game. Uh, this is the song Die House. This is kind of Mr. Dice's song. And Mr. Dice also is a character in the show. Uh, but the but I think that this is this is kind of a good a good compare and contrast between the two sources. So first off, let's hear a little bit of Cuphead Die House. Mr. King Dice, I'm the gamest in the land. I never play nice, I'm the devil's right hand man. I 
can't let you pass. Great little ditty. Great. You ain't done everything. Uh, and then and there's a there's a song that's you know not not supposed to replicate it, but is kind of uh, analogous from the Cuphead show. Uh, this is Devil Song, and this is this is sung by the the villainous devil himself. <laughs> Everyone loves a carnival. What a haul. Whoa! In case you ain't heard, I'm the devil. I'm a real low down, not on the level. They call me Old Scratch, Mr. S, the big D. I'm the king of the underworld, yeah, it's great to be me. I don't know. I mean, like, like to me, that's kind of a microcosm of the of this show and the show versus the game. Is it's like you know, it's a little bit more polished the the show itself. It's a little bit maybe a little bit more synthy here in the same way that the animation is is computer assisted. Uh, but you know, that's that's also just for logistical reasons and, and budget limitations. And uh, but I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a, it's a pretty good simulacrum. Yeah, I mean, this show's in a weird zone where, like, you're constantly asking yourself, should it be more like the game or does it need to figure out more of its own identity? And I think it's, like, different answers for different aspects of it. But they're going to do, like, 80,000 more episodes of this. Like, I do feel like they might find their own voice in it a little more. But, yeah, you right. Like, you listen to that song and you're like, oh, they got really close. Yeah, and and I think just given the given the you know the 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 difficulty of adapting this because of its laborious production method and uh, and you know again having to to widen it to a different audience like I I don't know I think they 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 really did an admirable job with it I was very very as a as a, as a huge fan of the game uh, I was I I very much enjoyed the the episodes that I watched I plan to watch more of it I, Heather I'm, I'm curious your your thoughts about this and and also I'm I'm less familiar with your background with Cuphead the game. Well, I wanted to say something about the lyric, the lyric design in both of those songs, which Mm. is that (sighs) lyrics are like jokes in that you put the most important part last and you can always tell when somebody is writing forward as opposed to writing backwards in a song. And I think that the Cuphead game song is written backwards, where they're landing on the most important phrase, whereas the uh, the Cuphead animation song is written forwards, where it's like uh, one of I, I didn't I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it was like one of the lyrics. The second phrase is like, yeah, take it from me. And it's like, that's not that's not an important phrase. That's your setup <laughs> rhyme. Uh, you know, your, your landing phrase is the big D, which is funnier and is Mm -hmm. a better landing phrase in the lyric. Um, that's just a little, a little, a little bit of my writer's brain goes (laughs) a little nuts when I hear somebody be like, "Eh, I'm the big D take. And I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. What's that set up? Take it from me. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay. I mean, you could have just swap them out. Um, The irony is that what you're saying makes it less effective as a story song in the medium where it needs to function more as like narrative propulsion. Yeah. Yeah. No. For. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or at least just like good lyricism. Right. (laughs) 
And I don't, I, I, I feel really weird saying that because this is another human writer somewhere here in this city who's doing a, a lot of work and a lot, and you know, who knows what their notes process is, who knows anything about what they had yeah. to go through in order to produce this song. And I don't like ragging on people's work, but there's a difference between those two uh, uh, songs. It's also why Nightmare Before Christmas is the worst lyrics on earth. Uh, it's every lyric wow. in, in that fucking musical is written forwards. And you it don't like make- for a guy for a guy from Kentucky. I'm Mister Unlucky. You don't <laughs> like that lyric. <laughs> don't you mean for a guy from Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mister Unlucky. Oh, whoa. way too fast, Nick. <laughs> All the goths are but, gonna get mad. He also, but that the end of that phrase is, and I'm known throughout England and France, is the land phrase for that yes. lyric like it's uh, you don't you're not like oh man I can't wait to tell people that Jack Skellington is known throughout England and France yeah that's, like, that's really your fucking for. set up yeah. <laughs> instead you're like man this guy gets around everyone knows who's <laughs> <it."> <laughs> this guy I must have medallion status yeah. oh, man I'll, I, I'll, Elfman's Ugh. listening to this podcast going, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's interesting, Heather, because it is like they're in such a weird position making this show because you really have to reverse engineer the whole thing. I think yeah. as opposed to like most TV shows based off of video games where it's like just do a scripted passive uh, adaptation of this thing. Cuphead is so based in the idea that it's like this feels like something you've already watched. Yeah, but sh- but but that being said, there's no like all of the lyrics in the greatest phase of Disney cartoons are written backwards. Yeah, like you're yeah. never like you're never like you know uh, I don't know any of the fucking songs, so I can't quote them. But it's never like uh, Heather, you're not a Disney adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an adult. I'm a monster. <laughs> what are you? Are you a, a Paramount grown-up? What are I'm you? A, How do you identify? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a CISO kid. Uh, there you go. We all were. Yeah, we all were. The CISO um, generation. <laughs> These those classic songs was it Alan Menken Men, Menken yeah like I yeah. know that's not the 1930s but it from uh, for anybody listening to the show it might as well be <laughs> 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 like it's before it's before fucking Apodaca was born yeah I would have uh, guessed you were right <laughs> like um, the Sherman Brothers in the 60s yeah it's yeah. it's written backwards yes that's so so just because you're like oh we have to create the show that the thing is based on in reverse doesn't mean that you don't like sort of absorb the techniques of those things lyrically and sonically in order to make the thing feel more real, right? Oh, I I was not offering it as an excuse or defense. (laughs) I just think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but no, no, you're absolutely right. But I think that's sort of the problem of like, the show maybe doesn't know exactly what it wants to be. Like right. w- watching the full season in a certain way, it felt like watching like multiple pilot episodes 
for like, mm. what is the take on this? You know? Yeah. yeah. Is it just like two friends having adventures? Is mm-hmm. there some of the episodes are a little more plotty with the devil and there's like the stakes of the thing. Sometimes it's about introducing new characters, you know? But like the stuff like they take care of a baby, they lose a handle. I'm like, okay, so the show is just sort of like low stakes, homebound hijinks, right? Like yeah. the specifics yeah, of this weird uh, <laughs> drinking uh, instrument world that yeah, they live in. Yeah, right. little sketches where you right. just plug them in, yeah. Right, and then sometimes it's like they go on an adventure and they meet new people. They meet the vegetables. They meet the frog brothers. And then sometimes it's really about, like, the devil is coming for them in their souls, which is a thing. <laughs> I think it's maybe why those episodes work more for me. I think it's the thing in the game that feels the most unique is, like, the genuine sense of menace. Like, mm. yes, yeah. The, the whole Satan aspect of it and King Dice and all of that, it's like when you would watch, like, I, I was a big Cartoon Network kid where for the first couple of years they had no original programming. And like 15 hours of every day was different package shows of just different shorts that they had the rights to in, like the Turner Library. Mm. And just every once in a while, you get some weird short with some character you don't really know where you're like, the energy of this is weird. Like, this one just feels a little dark or a little mean or whatever. And I think Cuphead has that vibe where you're like, Satan's, like, just a little too intense in this, you know? Sure. And I like when that's in the show as well. I could see that there being aspects of this that are scary for kids. I I, I don't know. I mean, like 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 I I, I totally get that there there's 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 stuff to criticize. There are nits to pick here, but also like just knowing you, what you're talking about, like it feels like there's all these pilots. Well, that's partly Netflix's production model, as we all know. Is like they don't make pilots. They're like they go straight to series. They probably ordered like like three fucking seasons of this like right right out of the gate. And everyone kind of had to figure out on uh, on the fly what the show was yeah. and who is this guy? You know, it, yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know. I, I, I think given all that, I was, I was definitely overall just very, very encouraged by this. I, I enjoy I, it on balance, and I also think to your point, Nick, they probably ordered three seasons all at once, but technically filed them away as one season, so they didn't have to pay yes. the writer salary increases. <laughs> yeah. Season one A, season one B, season one C. No one's getting any raises. It's all baked into your contracts. You're on the hook for fifty episodes. Um, I. I would like to, and I don't know how to segue into it, but I do think it's important when we're talking about this show and we're talking about this cartoon to to talk about an essay called Cuphead and the Racist Specter of Fleischer Animation by Yusef Cole. Uh, This was published in 2017 on a website called Unwinnable. uh, And it talks about how a lot of Cuphead's uh, enemy design is based in racist caricature from the 30s. And there was another article, an interview on Polygon, uh, which was about the Cuphead shows grappling with the racist history from the beginning of the show. So when I went into Cuphead the cartoon, uh, I I was expecting a larger gulf between those caricatures and... Uh, like I thought, I was like, oh, they'll probably redesign some stuff, and was a little shocked. I sent, I sent, uh, you know, Nick and Matt uh, a a nineteen thirties anti semitic cartoon mm-hmm. that looks exactly like the devil from Cuphead. Yes, and I, I am not, I, I can't like my experience of. <laughs> maybe maybe my experience as a slightly marginalized person 
uh, activates a little bit more sensitivity towards these things. And perhaps that's hypersensitivity. Um, I, you know, I don't want to like stand up as like a fucking defender of, of language or imagery, but like, it's weird. And I think it needs to just be said that it's weird and it's need like there needs to be some acknowledgement that it's weird because you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, yeah, no, there, it's an incredibly good point. And like beyond the stereotypes that all the villains are trafficking in where it's like King Dice is like this Cab Calloway type, like all these characters feel like these sort of like jazz musicians of the 30s and whatever. Um the basic hero design style that they're riffing on here for Cuphead and Mugman, which is like very linked to Bosco and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and early Mickey Mouse and all those things. All those characters are kind of riffs on like minstrel show outfits. Like they all are sort of riffs on like the Al Jolson getup, even down to like the white gloves and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like it is true that this entire uh, aesthetic and sort of design style that this game is trying to harken back to is like inextricably tied to the most racist yes. entertainment of the 19th, the 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. It's baked in very much yeah. so. So yeah. it's, so it's weird to see it in a world where Disney cartoons from the seventies have like warnings on Disney plus. It's weird to be like, Oh man, here's a mainline Netflix show. That's just like, marching forward with this stuff without any sort of just uh, again i don't i don't want to sound like i'm generating a problem with no there's like documented like yeah people have written essays about yeah i I was just i was just i like i walked into cuphead the cartoon being like well at least they're probably going to correct some things (laughs) yeah and then then i was like oh whoa nope uh, that's still that's still basically that okay I remember the criticism of of the game, uh, you know, when it when it came out, and I remember reading it being like, sort of like oh, "Okay, that's an interesting point," and it's you know, it's it's actually you know, it, it, I'm I'm glad that that people are are circulating this and making people aware of this. But I also kind of think that the, you know, like we were saying earlier, like like if you're doing a pastiche of this era, it's just like that's just part of it, and so it kind of is just intrinsic to. It's just intrinsic to this thing even existing as is, at least the game. But your, your, your point is taken about yeah, the show. But, okay, look. Uh, the, so the, sh- the TV show Monster Squad says the F word, right? Or the, yeah. the movie. The movie Monster Squad says the F word like a hundred times in the movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't I think the line that- is Wolfman has nards. Is that what you're thinking no, of? Yeah, that's not. I mean, so you don't have to say the F word in Stranger uh-huh. Things. No. Sure. True. Right. So like by that metric and that by that by that measurement, you can do a show or a a game that looks like this style, you know, that has like, you know, a saxophone that's constantly bopping up and down and has Pac-Man eyes and you can do it without having to invoke the parts that shouldn't be invoked. Right. I I mean, I think the problem is that it, it those complications exist in the basic design style as well. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I think it's just a little too baked into the cake mm. where to a certain degree, there's no way. I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses and say that they shouldn't have done more to differentiate themselves from that. But mm. it, it is like 
it's the behavioral archetypes they're dealing with. It's like the voice styles. It's the design sensibility. It's like so ingrained in all of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. it's like I'd also hard, say. Right. It's hard to, it's hard to, for them to sort of like spin both plates where it's like the main reason to make this show is because people love the like throwback vibe of the game. And then the second plate is the thing that the game is throwing back to is inherently pretty problematic. Yeah. And you right. look at like characters like Mickey Mouse and whatever, and they've like evolved over time where they just constantly there's like iteration after iteration every decade where they try to evolve the design. So it looks less like the things it was originally inspired by. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there were like so many popular characters who were like contemporaries of Mickey Mouse, where it wasn't just the difference of, like, Walt Disney knowing how to build an empire, but, like, those characters fall by the wayside because people were like, there's no way to translate them into a modern era. Mm. Like, these characters are incompatible. They cannot evolve. Mickey was just sort of stretchable enough that bit by bit they could pull him into this thing where he then had no personality for, like, 70 years. Because they were like, he just has to be a blank slate with no associations to anything. (laughs) And now he heals you in Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Now he's God, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he, like, doesn't even really look like a mouse anymore, you know? Yeah. Um... I I think that I think I think it's I actually think it's a really well taken point and I think that's that yeah I've, I've I think I've read the I'm pretty sure I've read the essay you're mentioning Heather at least I did back in the day and yeah it's 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 interesting and it's kind of eye opening if you're just kind of viewing this stuff from a naive perspective. Uh, that said, I feel like if anything, cartoons today have gotten too woke. Mm. <laughs> so you. can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah we'll do that for two hours now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on the Cuphead show? And I'm excited to watch more of it. I was kind of I was pleasantly surprised because you know as as video game adaptations go, yes. uh, it's a it's a low bar to clear. It's like there's not there aren't very many good ones. This is I would put on the higher end. This is pretty this is pretty good. I had a great time with it. Did you watch the? Because the other big one right now is the Halo show. Did you watch any of the Halo show? I did. I know Distant did a little bit. I I I watched. Uh, I watched the first episode, uh, and I think that was it for me. I I, I didn't really I don't know I, I don't have a push to keep going with it. Uh, some I thought some stuff of it st- stuff in it was cool, um, but I I don't know if Halo is like the thing that you're like I got to get the story out of this. Like I, that's not what Halo is to me. Halo is just like let's get together and 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 do some shooting. That's kind of fun. Well, well, similarly, in a there's nice a challenge way, not, with making in, in a bad way. Right. There, similarly, there's a challenge with making the Halo show in the same way that adapting the the Cuphead show. Although there is more lore and more dialogue, mm-hmm. obviously, in in Halo, where it's just like like the main character is kind of this something of a blank slate, doesn't have a lot of personality, and he's his face is covered the whole fucking time. Yeah, like, and they show you his face in the just, show. They just show you his face immediately in, in like the, show. the yeah. first thirty minutes of the first episode, <laughs> and like right. Whereas like. Even in like the Mandalorian, it took like five episodes before you saw um, the beautiful Pedro Pascal. Uh, oh, what a face! It, what a face! <laughs> and it's a shame they're hiding it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, Halo is not okay. Sonic Two, which I know we're gonna talk about more about next week, was really good. I loved it. <laughs> oh man! Well, so this opens up a question. Uh, yeah. I, I want to pose to the three of you: Is there in in your minds, a like a more successful 
video game to cartoon show adaptation. I, I'm I'm thinking specifically in the silo of like children's show animated adaptation of video game like this. Like I don't have very strong memories of the the Captain Lou Albino Super Mario show or the any of the 15 Sonic shows. Yes. <laughs> I remember watching the Donkey Kong Country show weirdly a lot. Hmm. Uh, the CGI show. But like I don't have super fond associations with any of them. I'm sure there are other ones I'm forgetting. Um, but but I wonder like what is the the bar that this show has to clear and how low is it? I mean, like that for me, the, this is one of the better ones, but also like, you know, I I grew up in the era. I'm old enough where like, yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show or Captain N right. were the video game cartoons of my childhood. And yeah, I have some nostalgia for those, but those weren't necessarily like these amazing adaptations lovingly crafted by people who grew up as fans of it. These were just some cranky, you know, animators in their 30s and 40s being like, oh, we got to make figure out a video game cartoon. Let's make Mega Man look nothing like Mega Man and give him a completely different personality. So, so yeah, I mean, like, it's... Uh, I think this one's pretty good. I don't know. Heather, Matt, any any card? Oh, well, Pokemon, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon's oh, great. Oh, but that's like Matt's sort of like one. its right. own thing because it's like sure. it was cards, it was a game... It was an anime, like, and they're all sort of separate, like, uh, and they yeah. all handled each other, I think, really well. Uh, Pokemon, great. Um, I mean, it probably like we, we haven't seen very many good ones, like until like Detective Pikachu a couple years ago, and then both these Sonic movies as a feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but as far yeah, as TV I, shows go, I can't. I I'm hard pressed to think of any. I would say. Uh, the Castlevania show on Netflix is pretty good. Mm. Oh, that is a good uh, one. That one's great. Dot Hack uh, was a fantastic uh, anime series. I thought um, the Street Fighter Two animated movie was an excellent adaptation of uh, the Street Fighter world uh, without sort of compromising any of it. Um, and there was like a Final Fantasy show in like the '90s that was pretty okay. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of the shows that are based on video games. So like, I can't, I can't, I, I enjoyed the Sonic the Hedgehog Saturday morning cartoon, but they took a huge amount of liberties with the right story of Sonic and introduced an entirely different set of characters and like people who've never shown up in any of the games, which is baffling. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've also, isn't there like a Dragon Quest anime? I can't imagine that. Oh, is that, there? That There's that a misses. Dragon Quest animated uh, movie I remember that I think is based on Dragon Quest uh, three. I think Dragon Quest gotcha. three or four. So uh, I guess largely it's it's true that most animated things based on video games are not good, but there are a lot. Yeah, you know, but that's also because of the tonnage. Like the you know if you if you just search animation based on video games it's, it's an incredibly long wikipedia list i had no idea that there was a donkey kong country show i that <laughs> i just pulled that out of my memory like i watched a lot of that i did i looked it up forgotten. and it's yeah cursed it looked yeah it looked terrible <laughs> it was a horrible like reboot era the cheapest earliest days of cgi on tv um, you know, it's one I'm looking at just the master list here that this is weirdly kind of the closest analog to, I would argue, is Dragon's Lair, 
Mm. Where like part of the thing oh, is sure. this game looks like you're watching an animated movie and mm. you're like, fuck, I want to watch the full version of this. And I think the Dragon Lair share, show like looked really cheap. It, you felt the diminished quality and actually watching it was less interesting than like playing through it, even though that game is yeah. pretty much just hitting left to right. You know, um, I think this show does a better job of adapting an innately cinematic thing that already feels like it's been animation. But I'm also just, yeah, I'm like, they have, I'm sure, 80 more episodes to go. I'm curious to see how it develops. It does feel like maybe more like the Sonic game, not just because of uh, the problematic nature of a lot of its origins and the things it's riffing on, but also because it's probably where it finds its own identity. You want them to maybe go off and like start creating new things yeah, and finding sure. their own characters, whereas this first season feels like them trying to find the good spots to riff on in the things that have already been pre-established in the game. But I like yeah. it a lot. Like I think it's fun to watch, and it's certainly like just great to look at. Yeah, especially yep. Miss Chalice. All right, hey, let's uh, <laughs> let's do a segment. Ooh, you know, I uh, we have a, a, a you guys on on the Blank Check podcast, Griffin mm. and David, great mm-hmm. podcast. Thank have you. your box office game, which you do every episode. Well, we have our own game sales figure segment, which we pretty tra- pretty blatantly just ripped off from you, called cool. Pixel Chart. Great. Uh, and we usually do this about games, but but we've already covered the year Cuphead released, 2017. So I thought we would do a video game movie version of the box office game. Wow. So here's how this will work. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, not yet on this list, but likely will be Sonic the Hedgehog 1, number seven on this list. Can we figure out the top five by worldwide gross video game adaptations Okay. collectively? Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll give you a two-word clue before we get into this recency bias. Yeah. These yep. all came out in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. How do we so, ring so in? So anyone feel free. Uh, just, just feel free to, to toss a guess out. Yeah. Heather. Boop-a-de-boop. Go ahead. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, number two on this list. Okay. That's a worldwide gross of $433 million. That's insane I, to I me. I heard someone. Insane yeah. that it's not number one? Well, because they're like, it didn't do well enough to do a sequel. Uh, I'm just mad that there's not more Detective Pikachu. I'm like, how is it Whoa. number two of all the video game movies? Did we they make that decision? They're they're, saying, we're, we're not yeah, making a It's done. Yeah, they're sequel. not doing it. They should make more. I think that was also the weird nature of the expectations were so high on it. I think there was like a minute where people thought like, is this going to make a billion dollars? Mm-hmm. Right. And then when it didn't, it seemed like a disappointment, even though it made more than anyone probably originally predicted Detective Pikachu would have. Yeah. I also just think that's one of the funniest stories in like movie development history that Warner Brothers and Legendary are like really far along negotiating for the Pokemon rights and they think they're making the red and blue movie. And at the final moment before they give them the contract, they're like, never mind, we'll only let you make Detective Pikachu. If you want to make a movie, this is your only option. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the only game we're giving you. They're um, so protective of their IP, and but I but that said, given that restriction, I I, I mean I love that yeah, movie. It's, I think yeah. it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, uh, I I will I will plug. We had the screenwriters of Detective Pikachu, uh, Dan Hernandez and Benji Samet, when that movie came out on Blank Check to talk about the weird weird process of adapting something that big with that many controlling hands on it. I think it's a really fun episode. Kind mm, of that's rad. Off format from our usual show. Okay, I'm gonna excuse me. Do you go ahead. Do <laughs> Griffin. 
I know it was a big flop here, but because I know it did really well in Asia in particular, I want to venture a guess that Warcraft is number one. Wow. This is why you are the king of the box office game. Warcraft, number one with a bullet, $439 million worldwide gross. As you are correct, uh, almost all of it international, domestically, pretty much bombed. I think it made like $100 million in China alone. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. All right. Numbers three through five are still on the board. Anyone can can chime in. Go ahead, Heather. (laughs) Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter, not in the top five. Oh, well. I I thought maybe it had done well abroad. (laughs) I was trying to the same tactic. Go ahead, Matt. There's no way that this has grossed more than Sonic, but I'll just, uh, I'm just going to get it out there. Prince of Persia and the Sands of Time. Prince of Persia and the Sounds of Time oddly did gross a little bit more than Sonic. I believe it's number six on the list, not in the top wow. five. Wow. But yeah, it, it that, that movie did pretty well. Let me also just, in defense of Sonic, mm-hmm. it came out like a month before all the theater shut down for the pandemic. Yes. Sonic yeah, would have probably it. made it higher on this list, but it, it's its theatrical run was a little abridged. Okay, I'm going to, uh, excuse me one second here. <laughs> Griffin. I'm, I'm taking a big swing here. And I'm opening up the doors for Matt and Heather to get the points on the rebound if I'm wrong. I'm going to say, this is the one I'm picking, Resident Evil Afterlife. Wow. Resident Evil Afterlife is number nine. Fuck. So... You know, it's it's on the board. There are yeah. there are multiple Resident Evils on uh, on this list, but none in the top five. Wow. Okay. But yeah, okay. very good. Both both good guesses. Is that the highest grossing of the Resident Evils? The highest grossing Resident Evil is Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, the 2016 okay. version, okay. worldwide gross of 312 million dollars. God, what? I knew Afterlife was the first 3D one, so I thought they were getting that little 3D bump. Um. All right. Let Let's uh. Let, all, uh go ahead, Heather. <laughs> Doom. Doom is not on this list. <laughs> Though I will say, here's a hint. A cast member from the Do- from Doom factors into this. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I heard Matt exclaim, oh, first of all. But that's not it. Griffin got the got it out. I'll give it to Griffin. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead I, I was I was gonna say it to you, Matt. I was not gonna contest it. You got the O. I mean, we're playing pretty fast and loose with what sounds count here. <laughs> okay. I think any vocalization's fine. All right, then I'll it's it's rampage. It's Rampage. That's correct. Number three, worldwide gross of $428 million. My nephew likes that the uh, the the girl uh, uses the middle finger. A lot. That was very funny. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Griffin. I, th- I thought, I just thought of a sideways corridor we're not considering, and I'm hoping this is ruled as fair game by whoever made this list. The Angry Birds movie. Oh. Do cell phone game adaptations count? Absolutely is fair game for this list, for this category. Number five, wow. $52 million. There's only one remaining. And again, I'll give the hint, recency bias. Recency bias. Recency bias. I'm trying to think of what other video game movies have come out. I feel like it's not often. Perhaps one that's currently in theaters still. Griffin. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. No, Sonic 2 is is climbing the list. Not yet there, though. Fuck. Still in theaters. 
still in theaters, still swinging its way from uh, a swinging its way from theater to theater swinging. to multiplex. That sounds That's like right. a hint. Um, I'm going to guess Disney's Tarzan. <laughs> Disney's Tarzan, not technically a video oh, game movie. Is it, um, is it Swingers? Did they put that back in the theater? They did not put Swingers back in the theater. Is it uh, anyone? Uh, the Ice Storm? There's a lot of like couples swinging in that movie. Yeah, there is a. Is that based on there like, is an a Ice Storm game? Yeah, there was an old school uh, text adventure, Ice Storm text adventure. Uh, it's very, uh, very gritty and melancholy. Uh, the the no, we're looking for Uncharted. Oh, oh! Uncharted. I forgot about Uncharted. Already number four. Everyone forgot about Uncharted. Oh, really? Forgot hit. it existed. Humongous hit. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I thought that was Pixel Chart. It's swinging in more ways than one because Tom Holland is also Spider Man. That's what I was trying to say. Like I was trying to give a hint. Like they <laughs> they swing in an adventure. This guy up swinging. Spider Man himself. Yeah. I should have. I should have given a different hint. Uh, all right. Hey, that's this week's get played. <laughs> That's self-crit there. I should have come up with some uh, with a better head. Follow us on social media at GetBladePod. Our music and engineering by Devin Bright. You follow me on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And hey, this month's We Play, You Play is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the game, which we'll talk about next Monday, April 25th. Probably talk about the movie as well. Our guest today, Griffin Newman. God bless you for giving us so much of your, Thank of you, your time. What Thank you, so Thank much. you, Griffin. My what, a, what a treat to discuss games and animation with you. Anything you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, yeah, I want to plug uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete Skywalker saga. They work really hard on this thing. I'm just barely dipping my toe in, but uh, it's it's doing uh, great by me. Um, uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, uh, Netflix uh, series I'm on. That's like a, a sort of continuation of the old He-Man cartoon from the 80s. I play Orko on it and I'm bringing it up again because uh, it's a powerhouse animation, which is an incredible animation studio that also did uh, Castlevania. Uh, nice. which Heather just shouted out as the best uh, video game cartoon. So if you like the animation on that, it's sort of that level of uh, insane animated fight scenes applied to the best designed action figures in history. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, Blank Check with Griffin Dave, my podcast we do every week. Uh, uh, we're doing right now the films of Sam Raimi. Um, we did a Detective Pikachu episode in the past, and uh, uh, Nick's been on a couple times with uh, with Mitch from Doughboys. Had an absolute blast. Check all that out. Hell yeah, baby! Oh, and George Lucas Talk Show, which which both of Heather course. and Nick have been on. It's concerning. Uh, so we have all that our old episodes. Concerning. I just want to <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> It's a lot going on. You, I will say, if this is incentive to get people to watch your episode, you in that episode, Heather, made a pitch for what Star Wars movie you would write that uh, I, I think is like the the most obvious, highest grossing movie of all time pitch I have ever oh, heard is, for what's wow. in Star Wars. Is that wow. here now? Is that was that my pitch? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think about yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> it is so incredibly. So we asked you on the spot, like if you could write a Star Wars, what would it be? And I, tr I truly got goosebumps from your pitch, just imagining how much fucking money Disney would make <laughs> if they made that movie. <laughs> wow. You hear uh, that? Yeah. Disney? George Lucas talk show. All of that's on YouTube. Uh, uh, Bob Chapek, if you want to watch that pitch, go to the George Lucas talk show YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Griffin. And thank you, Bob, for listening to the show. Yeah, thanks, JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> and uh hey. What was that, Nick? Were you about to say something? 
I was just going to apologize to Danny Elfman for criticizing. Oh yeah, marriage. sorry, Danny. Oh yeah, yeah sorry, Danny. Danny Elfman. I'm sorry you got played. Oh, Danny, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a long time coming. <laughs>